This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. <laughs> hey. Hey, Jeff. Landon. <laughs> this week we're talking about Planet of the Apes. That's right. See, this is where you should have done the laugh, Scott. <laughs> Scott, damn it. I, I regret nothing. <laughs> And this, we're doing the original, so this one came out in 1968, directed by Franklin J. Schaffner, written by Michael Wilson and Rod Serling. I didn't know that. Holy crap. Yeah, it does sense. feel like a Twilight episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering. I was thinking that when I watched it. Um, I guess it was based on a novel by Pierre Boulier. If I'm saying that right, probably not. Delicious soup. Starring Charlton Heston, Roddy McDowell, Kim Hunter, Maurice Evans, James Whitmore, James Daly, Linda Harrison, Robert Gunner, Lou Wagner, a bunch Lin- of other people. Linda Harry Harrison. Roddy McDowell. Yes. Um, okay, this was my topic I want to talk about this week. Uh, I obviously did not see this in the theaters as it came out before I was born. Um <laughs> I did not see this till later. I actually kind of talked about, like, once I moved out and had a DVD player, I started buying up old classic DVDs, and this was one of the ones I got. Uh, well, I probably saw bits and pieces of it on TV. That definitely was when I bought the the, the DVD, and uh, I loved it from the very first time I saw it, even though at that point it was probably over 20, 25 years old. Um, instant classic for me. Uh, I have not seen any of the sequels to this. I've seen the remakes. I've seen the Mark Wahlberg and the I already forgot who was it, James Franco ones or whatever the Caesar ones. But the first one still for me is the best, and huh, that's my history with it. Alex, uh, I did see this in theaters. No, of course not. Uh, I I want to say that I saw it on VHS first because by the time DVDs and stuff roll around, like I remember. Way back when, you, you said, oh, I got a bunch of classic DVDs, Planet of the Apes. I'm like, oh, man, the movie's great, because I'd seen it a bunch before. Uh, but, yeah, I want to say this was one of my dad's, one of his uh, go-to sci-fi movies. My dad, too. Probably his only sci-fi movie, because I remember when <laughs> I I saw it with him or told him about it. He's like, oh, yeah, and he would quote it and stuff. I was like, well, that's weird. It's not a Western. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a, a generational thing, I think, like. Why? Why we didn't latch on this as kids? Obviously, Star Wars came after it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There it is. All right, and Scott. Uh, I think I'd seen bits and pieces over the years, but I hadn't watched it fully until I saw it at your place. I think Jeff, like fifteen years ago, or maybe yeah. Uh, so I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, I mean, we all knew the quotes already. It had already been, been spoofed a million times. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's 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 an interesting piece of, of pop culture, for sure. Definitely. And like I said, as with most things, The Simpsons, uh, 
was my introduction to this with the multiple references to this throughout the early seasons of the Simpsons. For, for me, um, it would have been uh, the ending of Spaceballs. That too. Oh yeah. Oh, but really? when the Homer Damn. goes to the Homer goes to space episode when he's like, "Wait a minute, Statue of Liberty!" Like, yeah, <laughs> I laugh, but I really didn't know what it was, and I didn't know that was the big kicker at the end. And so finally, when that happened, I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I get a Simpsons joke now. Well, wow! Thanks to my dad, I actually watched the movie before I got all the spoofs and stuff. Well, there you go. Yeah. I want to say I remember being at my aunt and uncle's house, and they were watching. And is there a Planet of the Apes movie where they kind of go like to the present day and the apes are actually in human land? So, Earth? so yes. like, like they, I think they, or maybe Alex can speak more to it. I've seen that one. I, I feel like the first two are more about like the humans kind of, but the third one, it's just like all apes. I don't know. They're like, they changed like the whole thing, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It, the, the sequels are all over the fucking place. I haven't right, seen they, they... No, go ahead. And I was just going to ask, like, Heston, I think, is in the second one, and that's it? Or is he even I in that don't, I don't think he's in the second one. I think, I think I, he's... I think Linda Harrison's in the second one. And I think so is... Um, Roddy McDowell. I don't know about Roddy McDowell, but Zira is. She might. She's the one that goes back in time, I think. Zira. Yeah, I don't know. But I know Heston does make a cameo in one of the other ones. Where it says here a, he's in... Another... Did he make a cameo in the Tim Burton one? Yes, he did. Yeah, it's an ape. He's hit, he's in beneath the planet of the apes. It says here. So okay, okay. Whether that's the cameo one or not, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm that's the sure. one. Yeah, because he. I don't think he stars in any of the other ones. And then this one also says uh, Zira, Doctor Zeus, Nova. So, but no Cornelius. Oh no, well Cornelius, but it's not played by the same guy. All right, well, anyway, uh, as usual, we're each going to talk about seven uh, t- items from the movie. I will go first, and my number seven is... Oh, I just lost my list. Crap. Um, <laughs> well, I'll just go to the ver- one of the very first things, and I watched it for the first time, or for the first time, and now this last time, that scared me time, then, and it's still... The last time. <laughs> and it's still creepy now, is when... The chick on the bo- on board, like when they see her for the first time, and she's all dead and she's all shriveled up and everything. Ah, and the music, that's creepy. Yeah, to, to, I didn't like that. I mean, I liked it, but I didn't like it. Same yeah, time. it is, is uh, off putting. Yeah. Uh, are either of you going to talk about Jerry Goldsmith? The music, yeah. Definitely. Okay, I'll, I'll hold off on that. Oh, it's not on my list, but damn it, it should have been. That's good music. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that scene, you know, they wake up in the spaceship and he looks at her and she's just all shriveled up. And, and they, said she was, right. they said she was only dead for a year, though. I'm not sure how that works, but... <laughs> uh, it's a space sickness. Yeah, I guess so. She was, wait, they were dead? For, I forgot. I don't know the timelines. How long were they supposed to be sleeping for? So they, I think he says she was, it was a year. Yeah. But that's it, all the when, facial hair when, they grew in a year? Well, when he's doing they're neatly the, trimmed facial, the, thing, the neatly trimmed facial hair, over, over yeah. Here, yeah, yeah, it's, it's the future. Like, isn't he when he's doing the recording, the captain's log? Uh, isn't he? Doesn't he say that he's, they've been six months already, and then then he's going to the deeper, the deep sleep to get to the planet? Something like that. I think so. My, I always assume like they were just they were just awake a few minutes ago. He's just like the last one, right? Like he'll be. 
like I assume they had just laid down. That was always my assumption. Like they laid down. He's the last one. He's got to smoke a cigar and put it in his pocket before he gets into his <laughs> it must incubation have chamber. Non-flammable oxygen or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I, I never I, noticed that before. Yeah, I was I was laughing and he's just puffing away. Just infinite oxygen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man in space. Well, Tell me. Forget about even lighting that thing still... up. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, Scott, what's your number seven? Uh, my number seven, uh, let's just get this out of the way now. Uh, Nova, uh, Linda Harrison, just absolute smoke show. I, I, I'd completely forgotten <laughs> uh, about her in this movie. Um, I, I, well, I didn't. I, <laughs> I don't think, uh, like, this movie is way too long. Um, nah. I, I think she's one of the the saving graces here, though. If <laughs> if not for her, I don't think I would have I've been able to to get through this, uh, at least in one sitting, anyway. So yeah, yeah without getting any creepier. <laughs> it's not creepy. Uh, Old timer yeah. uh, Nova here. Yeah, I I, w- I don't have her on my list. Um, it's because I didn't want to be a creeper like you, but <laughs> <laughs> liar. <laughs> you lie, you liar. Uh, yeah, I mean, she does some fine acting in this movie. I'll just say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. The one scene where, like, she's like has her face against the bars, and they slap it, and then she backs away, and she comes back and does it again, and does it. Again. Oh, Jesus. Uh, fun, fun. I read, I read through all of the trivia for this. So she had an affair with the producer, and they wind up getting married. Um, that guy. Was a producer on Jaws, and yeah. so the the story goes that he wanted her to be Brody's wife, but the problem was, like the studio head's wife, <laughs> like the studio head wanted his wife to be in it, and so he trumped this producer, so so his wife got to be in it. Um, <laughs> Al, I want to be in a movie. Yeah, so oh, I'm mixing it up. Funny, <laughs> I love Lucy. <laughs> Ricky, why don't you put me in a movie? Uh, just a little, little bit of Hollywood nepotism mm-hmm. going on in the sixties and seventies, but not after that. I, yeah, I also like the fact. Okay, so these apes, who, if you think about it, it's like us, obviously us having monkeys in cages, and the give her this. I want her to mate with this one. Like they had good taste in. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it, women, right? Like, it was how would they know that? Like, we think it's a smoke show. Yeah, it could be yeah. something totally different. It was, it was funny. Well, I guess she had good teeth. <laughs> yeah. It's a sign of good breeding. But uh, like, I like the point where where Chuck Hessen's. Uh, I think this is after he's been captured again, and he's back in the bars, and he's just talking to her, and he, he was like, <laughs> he gives that weird speech about how. What was the name of the other astronaut, the, the woman? Uh, Stuart. Stuart, thank you. How, about how she was going to be the new Eve, and they were all going to give her like hot and ready help or something. Like some really weird yeah. phrase. Yeah. But he, but then he's like, but I guess I've got you instead. Was basically the gist of it. And I was like, no, <laughs> like even back on Earth, like she's she still would have been out of your league, dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was just so weird, weird to me. Yeah. All right, Alex, number seven. 
Uh, my number seven, this is definitely an older movie because I was getting a little bit sick, a little bit nauseous at some of the camera zooms, especially at the beginning. Yep. They kept zooming really fast at shit, and then they stopped for a while, like a long time, and then they they went right back to it. Don't even get me started on that jet, <laughs> the spaceship crash, oh my gosh. Yeah, that was the only part that got me a little... Like, there, oh there were there were a lot of weird angles, a lot of first person, and a lot of cuts. It was the editing. In this is a little masturbatory. <laughs> mm-hmm. You could tell they shot so much fucking footage they didn't know what to do with it at points. Um, yeah, like well, yeah, I was film back then. Yeah, no, there, there, was, there were a couple times when like when they're like the first person running down that hill for twenty minutes. Like, oh yeah, like, I did not. I did <laughs> yeah, not care was a big for hill. That. Yeah. See, I Harrowing. hate that stuff. I, I don't know. I usually get super bored and slow. This one, for some reason, I don't know why, but I liked it. It's probably the music that actually tied it together. Made I it a bit more exciting than it is. Yeah, but yeah, it's specifically just those zooms. <laughs> like, all right, Jeebus, tone it down a bit. <laughs> all right. Well, then that leads into my number six is roaming the desert. I I liked all that when they're. I'm asleep. This is when they get out of the crash and they're trying to find life, life. or whatever they're they're searching for. And just, I don't know. I just it felt like an old Star Trek episode or something. And just yeah, yeah. that scene where they were going down like said that hill, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I I just really liked all of that. I the one thing I was wondering is wouldn't you follow a water source from that giant lake that you're in? Like, it just picks a random direction. You would think you would fall. It was me. I'm not a big survivalist, but I would follow the water source. Yeah, I, I had to assume yeah. that, that that was, like, salt water. Maybe. But. Okay, if you do that, then fine. But. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, I just, the whole stuff, and the, like, the music does help a lot. And then just the, the old school Star Trek-y feel of it that I really enjoyed. So. Roman in the Desert After the Crash is my number six. Scott, what's your number six? My number six is there's so much walking, running away, riding <laughs> horses in this movie. Um, like Lord of the Rings. I was going to say, you love Lord of the Rings. What yeah. the hell? This, no, Lord of the Rings has nothing on this movie. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I can appreciate the, the whole desert trek, the Badlands, whatever you want to call it, Forbidden Zone. Um from from like a, a more hardcore sci-fi bent, which is how the movie kind of starts before it really dives into the camp. Um, but it's just so long, uh, just shot after shot after shot. Like it, it was it was unnecessary. Um, the all the when he tries to escape um, that first hunt, like both those scenes are just interminable. They just don't want to end. Uh, Easy, you're like taking all my items off my list here. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, but uh, and then then finally the riding of horses, which also goes on forever. Um, again, it's like they just got all this footage and were like refused to cut any of it. Uh, I think I think they still could have gotten the the idea across. They did do a good job of like making me like want to get a glass of water. <laughs> so yeah. this, is, this is this is like watching. Um, Will be a good analogy. Um, have you ever seen There Will Be Blood? No. 
I have oh. not seen that. I don't think I have. I always forget if I've seen that one or not. Okay. Well, at any rate. Oh, is that the the oil? Yeah. The oil one? That's the, the I drink, I, Yeah, I, I have I drink your milkshake. Okay. Probably. Where, like, a lot of the movie, they're just, like, in the Badlands, and it's just, like, they just want people to take a drink of water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or milkshake, as the case may be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just, yeah, just seeing Chuck sunburned for the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. In, in, anyway, yeah, just too much of that. Too much of that. All right, Alex, number six. <laughs> My number six. This happens later in the movie, but I like how you know Heston is like a confident explorer and everything. Then he gets enslaved, and then like he's, uh, I mean, he's still got that fighting spirit, but he he's very wary and everything. Up until. And if you know your Charlton Heston, up until he gets that gun, he gets like very, very confident. All of a sudden, he's very cocksure of anything that he does. He's got a, he's got a gun. He's bossing people around. He's like, no, we're gonna do it my way because I, I'm, I'm Taylor. <laughs> I'm Bright Eyes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, he's also he's out of the cage and doesn't have a leash on him anymore. I know, the freedom is part of that, but <laughs> the first thing that he does is ask about guns. When he gets out of that, let me out of here. You got any guns? Comple- completely the opposite of the real Charles Heston. Yeah. That's right. Who, who's, who's like Pacifist. the most anti-gun person ever. Mm-hmm. The one thing I laughed about the gun was like the practical use of holding someone at gunpoint with a rifle. <laughs> He's like all awkward and everything. Yeah, I don't know if that would work. All right, his wrist uh, or something trying to fire that thing. My number five, speaking of a scene that Scott doesn't like, it's the escape. When he breaks out of of the jail and he's running through the town and he's... It's like the set was decent size but not big enough, so I feel like he keeps running through different same parts over and over <laughs> again. And yeah. He goes to the little funeral and I swear that little monkey was the voice of Peter Pan. It's a man! So it's just like, not Peter Pan, Pinocchio. Sounded like Pinocchio to me. I was going to look that up, but I never did. And then him just running back and forth. The net sometimes getting him, sometimes not. Yeah, they're not very good with the nets. (laughs) And then with the ending of the, get your stinking balls off me, you damn dirty ape. (gasps) He can talk. He can talk. He can talk. He can talk. I can sing. (laughs) See, that's another thing. I did not get that until I saw the movie. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think I've told you guys this in the past, but I don't think I've mentioned it on here. So that scene has a, has a special place in my heart or my nightmares. Because as I think I've mentioned on this podcast, I used to like listen to DVD commentaries and everyone's had to go to bed. And this is back <laughs> I th- when my audio system was... Like, the, the sound was coming from my speakers, and my TV would be off, though, because I just wanted to listen to it. So I'd listen to the movie, and but my TV would be off. And I fell asleep. The movie ended, and it went back to the main DVD screen, and it would just cycle the main menu, as you guys know how that happens. And, but it would be playing that Goldsmith music, and it would be playing specifically that that chase music from that scene. And it, it <laughs> entered into my dream, and I was being chased. That was me running through... <laughs> ape town there and they're, they're chasing me and i finally like, i wake up from my dream but i still hear the music and it's freaking me out and then i you know it took me a couple minutes like what's going on i'm awake oh my God. <laughs> and then 
oh, I had the DVD player on, and that's why it was in my dream and everything. <laughs> Freaked me out. So You have right. a lot of sleep stuff like that. You got a couple of those stories, Jeff. I know. <laughs> like you and the thing. Was it you also that woke up to the the uh, the main menu of, uh, fuck, that one drug movie that's really fucked up? Uh, Requiem for a Dream? No, I've never seen that movie. Oh, okay. No, the one for the thing is I just woke up at the worst possible time when they do the defibrillator on his chest. And <laughs> I woke up to looking at that. Oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> All right, Scott, number five. Uh, number five is the, the whole shtick about him getting shot in the throat and not being able to talk in, until the plot calls for it. Uh, it's, it's just... Some uh, interesting choices were made, like with him pantomiming stuff, and and I think he did a good job. Like me being frustrated as the audience that 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 uh, Zero wasn't getting it, and yeah. obviously all the other apes were were kind of ignoring him. Um, but I was making myself laugh out loud in the scene where they he finally gets the the notepad, and they uh, Zero and takes him to. Meet Cornelius and he's writing stuff down and they pass notes for like again when it feels like twenty minutes. Like just note after note after note. A couple times Charles Literally Tessin, yeah, note after note. Yeah. yeah. Charlton Teston like goes off screen and comes back with another note. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> But I, I I was just thinking as I was watching it, uh it would have been so fucking great if it if like the fourth or fifth note after Cornelius kept shooting him down being a dick. If he, if he just wrote a note that said, go fuck yourself, Cornelius. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that sequence, like, it's like, we get it. <laughs> just too much, too much. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, but, I mean, it's a good plot device. Like no, you said, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. It's just, like, why did he have to write 27 different notes? Oh, okay, that that's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just got frustrated his acting and every time he wanted to try to talk and he'd like wince. Yeah, no, that was, that was, that was <laughs> yeah, exactly. That wasn't, uh, not, not, not outstanding uh, acting. Like mm-hmm. I think everything he does in this movie is over. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, how did they under, know how to read? Well, first of all, English, but that's a whole separate thing. Yeah. yeah for the apes. But cursive, that. he was writing in cursive in those notes and like, come on. The scrolls were written in cursive. They were? Oh. I have no idea. <laughs> so, so, quick question for you guys. because I think this was something that when it happened in the movie this time around, I remember wondering about it the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they're outside getting their exercise, and he's writing stuff in the dirt, and Nova goes out of her way to like mess it up, and then the other guy comes along after he pushes her away, by the way, with dick move. Uh, mm-hmm. The other guy comes up and messes it up also. And there's another scene where she's where he's talking to her and she puts her her, her fingers over his lips to, to get him to shut up, uh, which is a natural <laughs> reaction, really. Yeah. But why did they do that? So I couldn't figure it out. I don't remember if I came to a conclusion the first time, but I think what might be happening is they've evolved some, because they mentioned like they can't speak, like it's in their brains. Like they've evolved some kind of mechanism 
to not be able to communicate to the point where they actively like don't allow other humans to to do that kind of stuff. Uh, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. It's I, like a reflex. Yeah, I always thought like, okay, he's making noise and she that freaks her out, so she's just like, don't do that. We don't. You know, like it wasn't like she's. Yeah, that's not a normal human thing. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that, don't do that. that and that then the totally writing, I just, yeah. I don't know. She's just, I don't know. She's I really never really thought about primitive. it. With you. Yeah, she was doing her own drawing. I mean, I could be overthinking. She's <laughs> gonna go. My yeah. name is Taylor. She's <laughs> gonna write, "Hi, Taylor. My name is Nova. How'd you guess my name?" Like Alex, you've seen the sequels. Do they ever go into more lore, or is it just? I have. I vaguely remember. Does she start talking in the second movie? I don't know. Maybe because of the brain guys. He teaches her to smile, which I thought was weird too. Yeah. Show the teeth. But yeah, taught you how to smile. There was Uh, one where uh, there was uh, an atomic bomb at the end that goes off. Two thousand. Yeah, the cult that worships the bomb. Uh, There was the the telepaths that had the big brains. I think Jaws was actually one of the one of those guys. (laughs) Richard Keel. Yeah. yeah, and then I remember a little bit of uh, the one where Kira and Cornelius go back in time, and they have Caesar, their little ape. Oh, and then there was uh, man, maybe I have seen them all. I just forgot about it. But yeah, all the all the other apes start standing on uh, their two legs, kind of like they are in the far future, and they're fighting with the humans and stuff, like in uh, the Animatrix and shit. So yeah, see, did you guys watch the new ones or no? Nope. I've I've seen like the better part of the I don't know what was the last one. Dawn was of like War of Planet of the Apes or something. It's like it's like been three of them, right? Yeah, I think I've seen I the, the better part two. of the second one, maybe. Yeah, and Caesar's the main guy there. That's the one played by Andy Serkis, and he is like the monkey that has evolved. That's like kind of the spark. But I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. And then I remember in the the Tim Burton one, the scrolls are basically from an old ship that they found, right? And they're don't they find the old ship and that has like the the words of the original, something like that. It was yeah. a ship, either a V'ger or Diversity. Yeah, no, it was a yeah, <laughs> it's no, hundred percent. Like yeah, it was like a V'ger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I don't know where we left off. That was Scott's or was Alex's? That was that was mine. The, the Chuck, yeah. not not talking. All right, so Alex, my number five is the. Um, I mean, it's very heavy-handed morality. You can't, you really can't miss it. Uh, but I kind of like it. it it's, uh, I mean, in a movie like this, of course, back then they weren't really, especially with this movie, too subtle about the messaging uh, here. About the older generation and the younger ones, and even Chuck Heston becomes a bit of a dick to the, to uh, what's his name, Lucius? Sure. The the nephew. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot his name. <clears throat> Don't trust anyone over thirty because uh, the the older generation that has power tries to stay in it and subvert any new ideas as long as you know they ke- get to keep their station. Uh. Yeah, I mean, there was also some it, some uh, literal racism going on. <laughs> oh yeah, like not not uh, I'm not just talking about the apes and the humans, like even amongst the apes, 
like there's a hierarchy there where like the orangutans yeah. are like the top top dogs and, and then gorillas the, and then chimps yeah mm-hmm. no monkeys yeah and they ate them it's planet of the apes not yeah. planet of the monkeys i guess but yeah some classism racism elitism and stuff like that so yeah i guess as a young kid the, the movie kind of opened my eyes a little bit to to that in the real world yeah yeah good lessons Good lessons there. Although the the funny thing is is I, I'm sure some of you one of you is gonna talk about the ending. Um, is like Doctor Zayas. What, ha- what happened into the Indian? In the ending. Doctor Zayas is actually right. <laughs> yeah, I know humans suck. <laughs> yeah, like he's right to be afraid. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know that he's doing the right thing, but he's right to be afraid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, also Heston at the very beginning of the movie, he says all the things right. bad about man. That they read from the scroll, right? The when Zeus hands him Cornelius the scroll when he reads it, and mm-hmm. it's like I just like word for word what Heston was saying at the beginning of the movie. Pretty Beware, much, yeah. man! He'll kill his own brother for his land and stuff like that. But like the apes don't seem like any more evolved, though. <laughs> I, I, I pun intended. Um, yeah, like they look like they look hundred percent on track to be doing the same bullshit. <laughs> They're kind of suppressing technology a little bit, though. That's the one thing, right? Like with flight, and anytime they, these guys, they, the like Cornelius and uh, what's her face, are trying to evolve, they're kind of pushing that down. So well, they're tr- well, one of the things he reads is about man uh, hunting for pleasure. Well, that's exactly what they're doing too. So, like, there's no like moral high ground there that the apes really have. Yeah, that's true. But like I said, they are trying to suppress technology, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they take the picture with the man. <laughs> Smile. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, speaking of kind of that stuff, the number four is the tribunal scene. Uh, I just, it's, a, it's, it's pretty good. Hose this beast <laughs> down. He stinks. And he's a man. If you're so smart. Why do apes have the divine spark and man does not? Yeah. You're so smart. What's in my pocket right now? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, he gets three guesses. Yeah. Call him. Um, and then the, the, it's corny, but the monkey see, no, was it? No, hear, hear no evil, say no uh, evil. Yeah, I was like, yeah, oh, come yeah, on, yeah, guys. Yeah. yeah. It was corny, but I liked it. And then the. Uh, I just all of it, and then just yeah, they're just fighting the science down. They keep bringing up stuff, and I don't know. I, I enjoyed it, and just yeah, the uh, I don't know. yeah, I just like that. He just kept kept sustaining everything. Injection sustained, sustained. Um, yeah, that's my number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott, number four. Number four is the the masks still hold up surprisingly well. Yeah, like yeah that, that's my number three. Yeah, it's a very good uh, makeup job. Um, they, they did a good job of making it just like the, the makeup with the I, the appliances, I guess you'd call them, um, that they're able to articulate just enough so that it doesn't feel like a. You know, you mentioned Rod Serling. You know, if this had been ten years earlier, like you wouldn't have seen the lips move, like or, or barely, if at all. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's good stuff. I'll 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 let Alex speak more to it. I guess. 
All right. Well, Alex, what's your number four? My number four is I really like it's back to the beginning. I love when uh, they crash the ship and everything, and they get out safely, but that they act, they think that they're on another planet. Like, oh, we're on so and so planet off the uh, orbiting the belt. star of Orion's belt. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And it's like, all right, you know what? Maybe <laughs> this would be cool as an actual just a movie, just them exploring a completely new planet that's light years away. That was pretty neat. Along with all the shots, all the fantastic shots of all the scenery and everything. I know it was a bit long, them going through the desert, but all, all those vistas and everything made it worth it. Yeah. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, my number three is the ending. Um, it was Earth all along. You <sighs> maniacs. You blew it up. Wait a minute. Is that your liberty? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I saw this, like, way later. I was still, even though I saw the Simpsons thing, I really didn't, you know, all the context, you know, what the hell Homer's blabbering about. So I really didn't know. <laughs> and it hadn't been spoiled. So it was, a, it was a spoiler for, or it, it was not a spoiler for me. So uh, it was pretty good. And I can only imagine back in the day, people, I don't know how many movies had twists like that. Uh, besides, like, a Twilight Zone episode yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, you know, on, on top of the the just the natural surprise what if how much the impact would have been growing up under the shadow of nuclear war too yeah Ugh, yeah definitely uh oh, i just thought it was an awesome ending that's probably one of the best uh twist endings of any movie i would think uh do you think oh sorry to stop you there but do you think they showed uh dr strange love <laughs> and then this movie back to back it's like a, kind of like a like an unofficial sequel I don't think so, but oh, oh, they should have. And then my only concern is okay, you had to pick one man-made object from Earth. I just didn't have to be man-made, but something to identify that it was Earth. Like, why the Statue of Liberty? Back then, I guess Hollywood wasn't as global. Like it, and all things considered, Statue of Liberty is pretty small. With the Eiffel of Tower, Eiffel of Tower, with the Eiffel Tower, make it. Make it better. Pyramid Giza. Giza. <laughs> Jesus, Jeff. You all right? I know. Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to stroke over here. But then I guess it had to be on the sea. So it had to be something like that. I don't know. I was only thinking, well, why did they pick the Statue of Liberty of all things? But Yeah, this is... this, um, this is. Yeah, it's a, I, I give the movie credit for not being, like, jingoistic. But, like, they're all American astronauts. Like, he plants the American flag. They're all speaking English, which... You know, it's, it's, it's Hollywood. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. old Chuck really appreciated that uh, that small moment. Uh, but yeah, the ending, and I, I like how you don't see what he's doing. Like you know, he's doing the whole speech, you maniacs, and you don't even know what he's doing. You don't. It's not until the end when they pan out and you see the Statue of Liberty. So cool. God damn you to hell. Yeah. Or them, but them, you, I forget. It was you. So I guess that kind of makes me want to see the sequels. Like, what happens after that? Does he, like, go see the Empire State Building afterwards? And then. <laughs> go sightseeing, <laughs> destroyed <laughs> monuments? Go to Ray's Pizza? No? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, is Beneath the Planet of the Apes, is that, like, the New York subway system or something, or no? <laughs> I don't remember, but I don't... Uh, maybe. 
<laughs> now that I think about it, you'll find Lex Luthor there. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Luthor. Mr. Luthor. <laughs> Jinx. All right. Scott, number three. Number three, uh, I don't know why this bothered me so much, uh, but out of everything that happened in this movie, the thing that I singularly found genuinely horrifying was when they did take the picture. When they... So, yeah, it is oh, gruesome yeah. that they have that the, the humans strung up. Like, like they, yeah, that's pretty uh, like pretty horrible. Uh, but it, it got driven home when they, when they just took the picture and said, smile. Like, just the... The utter lack of of well humanity. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that was a a really kind of inspired scene, um, and you know they got more across in that in that brief like twenty seconds than they did like in that entire hunt that they had. Uh, so yeah, that, that was some some really good uh, storytelling right there. Agreed. I have a little more to say about this later, but yeah, awesome. All right, Alex, number three. The ape masks. They were, yeah, they were fantastic. Um, yeah. yeah, as Scott said, the, the mouth movement wasn't perfect, but it was enough so that it was, you know, it, it didn't bother me whenever I saw them in the I believed, it, it seemed believable that these are apes talking, walking and talking around and stuff. It wasn't, it didn't take me into the Uncanny Valley. It wasn't like any bullshit, like, terrible CG that the company just couldn't finish in time. Uh, the masks were great, and they were very smart to um, put like eye holes in the masks, of course, and to blend it in really well with the actual actor's uh, face, because a lot of a lot of the acting really connected through the eyes, through the mask. Yep, the eyes are still the whole. They can't get that right with computers yet. The whole uncan- uncanny valley, right? Is yeah. the eyes? It's the eyes and the lips. Lip movement is yeah, okay. uh, underlooked. I would um, say, yeah, Luke in the Mandalorian, it's, it's, his lips didn't. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. it's eyes, lips, and dongs. <laughs> That's right. Well, I don't know. They got it pretty right in uh, Watchmen. Watchmen. Yeah. <laughs> got the I was looking Luke. for some dong in this movie. There's there's there there's a lot of man ass in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Alex. Alex. Woo-hoo! Alex is like just chill. top five skinny dipping scenes. Like what? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> it happened in the movie. I guess so. Uh, and I will say the masks are awesome, and they're just creepy enough. Yeah. Because I remember as a kid, like I said, I never I didn't watch it till later, but I would see it on TV, and that was probably one of the reasons why I never really wanted to watch it, because they were creepy. I wasn't scared of them, but I don't know if I could sit and watch a two-hour <laughs> movie with it. Like It was just, just creepy enough. Yeah. It, it, you, uh, Scott mentioned Spaceballs earlier. I even remember that. Like that was probably the first, and even that creeped me out just a little bit because they're just creepy enough. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, on to my number two, which we've mentioned it a lot already, is the music. Um, I loved it. Action packed, mm-hmm. uh, primal. Yeah, drums. a lot of it just yeah sound effects and sounds. Yeah. Like it's just so. you know, like weirdly interesting. Yeah. Yes. Like, like he was. Uh, I don't know if groundbreaking is the right word, but yeah, it's it's definitely like different. <laughs> yeah, and it yeah, felt maybe. like eight music. It wasn't horns, and or maybe it was horns, but it was it, it very said primal. Yeah, other otherworldly. Yeah. 
So it, it the music really did make it feel like they were on another planet. Yeah, earthy. <laughs> yeah, weird. Earth tones. Hmm. All right, uh, Scott, number two. Number two is the, the ultimate twist. Uh, you know, one of the, the the all-time referenced scenes in all of cinema. Uh, it definitely loses something for us. You know, uh, you know, when we watched it 30 years later and now like almost 50 <laughs> or, or however long. I, I actually yeah. haven't done the math, but um, yeah, it's, it's uh, a, a kind of watershed. This is what, this is what you get with, with big or what you can get with big sci-fi and, and uh, I, I guess action <laughs> uh, be safe, safe to say. Um, one thing I do want to mention about about the movie, um, you know, this has really has nothing to do with the twist, but it was just a year or two ago that like uh, like Martin Scorsese and um, like Francis Ford Coppola were basically shitting on the the MCU, the the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting about this movie is like going through the trivia. Like there were some really big actors that were attached to this that didn't wind up being in the movie. Like there was the the kind of the imp- implication was there was no like stigma for this. Like like all the people in this movie, there was like no embarrassment for them. There was no like, oh, you were in the the ape movie. Well, uh, uh, we don't need you for our flick or whatever. Like this was just another movie uh, that that happened to be. I'm guessing it was popular at the time. Uh, it had like seven sequels. So. Yeah, I guess it would happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I do think it's interesting that that it didn't seem to carry around that that stigma at the time um, for for being a genre flick. Yeah. Well, I remember in like if you watch the documentaries on Star Wars, like Lucas talks about when he made Star Wars, like the only sci-fi movies that were somewhat successful were like the Planet of the Apes movies. He talks about like that's kind of it, and then two thousand one came out a few years before Star Wars. But even that, it's a different. Yeah, you said this is more action sci-fi. Yeah. Where well, that's... I guess it's almost like in, in 1968. This is almost like barely even. A, it's well, it's not even like a genre movie as we think of them today. Um, right. You know, it just didn't carry that baggage with it. Yeah. But then, anyway, so right. my number two is the ultimate twist. Sounds good. Nice. Uh, my number one is the the human hunt. My number beginning. two. Oh, sorry, is, Alex. <laughs> that's sorry. fine. Uh, my number two is uh, Taylor. I like the character. First of all, he's an asshole. I mean, he's a good captain. You know, he gets everything that they need off the ship, gives good orders and whatnot, but he's just a dick right from the beginning, just driving home that we're 2,000 years old. Everybody you've known and loved is gone. They are dead and gone. And maybe there's a bronze statue of you on Earth somewhere. Probably can't read the plates anymore, and there's birds shitting on it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's on the street in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's full of what? <laughs> uh, it's full of what? Yeah, but just the, the, the things that he goes through, like getting captured and then being very extremely dehumanized by everybody, the frustration that he feels. Nah. All the way up to you know, getting released and the big you know the big reveal at the end, 
he goes through a bit of stuff there, that Taylor. Um, and ultimately, yeah, he he leaves Earth because he, he he does not like humanity. He doesn't like where they're going, and he thinks you know, a new planet might be a, a good a good choice. And yeah, the the ultimate irony that he ends up in the place that he hated and he wanted to leave in the first place. Yeah. Now, what do you think? And you're talking about the character. What do you think about yeah. Chuck Heston's portrayal? <laughs> I uh, of I have Taylor? more to say about that. Okay, then I will wait for that then. (laughs) All right. Well, then, now on to my number one. And my number one is the human hunt at the beginning. um, Just because it's the intro to the apes. And that first scene, when the horse, they they go by in horses, and you kind of look like monkeys or apes. You're not sure. Then it turns around, and the camera pans, and it zooms in on his face, and it's an ape. And it's just that is so. I can't imagine if you had no idea going into this movie. Like, it's called the, the it's called the Planet of the Apes. I know, but you know what they're gonna look like. <laughs> oh, that's true. And maybe there was on the poster. Anyway, I, I just I even like I said when I watched it for the first time when I was already you know it's moving out wherever the first time I saw it. It's just it's kind of it's a freaky scene, and I, and I just that was really cool. And then before that, the poles with the the switches or whatever is are yeah, yeah. cut through the cornfield and. All that stuff and just you know shooting one of the guys in the in the back or I forgot the guy gets shot and then yeah then the, yeah um, the other crewman gets shot in the neck yeah and then, yeah then he gets shot in the neck or the throat and um but yeah and then all of it ending with <laughs> them talking going you know, cheese or whatever the hell they said I already forgot and um yeah and then just the body just hanging up there Ugh. cool cool intro scene to the. To this movie. Um, and it comes, what, 40 minutes in? Like you said, they had to walk <laughs> in the desert for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> well, first they had to have Heston get out his spiel. Then they had to crash for half an hour. Then they had to walk for another half mm-hmm. an hour. Then they had the skinny dip for a half an hour. Mm-hmm. And then walk by those cool-looking scarecrows. Badass. <laughs> um, so, right, that's my number one. Scott. Uh, my number one, per my, my notes... Chuck Heston is psychotic. <laughs> he is yeah. is all over the place in this movie, but he's always just the top without unequivocally like top ten like scene devouring performances in all of cinema. <laughs> uh, just no piece of scenery is safe from this man uh, <laughs> at, at any point in the movie. Just that that clenched jaw. Uh, just no no subtlety at any point. Uh, no, just the the. Weird... I wonder what he's feeling right now. Yeah, just just like his yeah. his interpretation of the character of of being this like kind of anti not even anti hero but kind of anti uh, establishment. Um. I guess I, I don't know. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it starts off. And yeah, he's he's like basically telling the guy, "Yeah, we're fucked. Get over it." But like the way he's doing it is, uh, yeah, like everybody you love and, and is is dead and gone. And then uh, just the the weird laughter when he when he sees Landon uh, post the the little memorial or whatever. It, it is ridiculous, but <laughs> just the <laughs> uh, hey, Landon. Just, just the way he has to growl like every single line, like 
Get your filthy paws off me, you damn dirty ape. You cut him! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you That's bloody what you baboon! To me. You, you took bloody his baboon! Memories. You took his identity, you bloody baboon! Yeah, just uh, again, the speech he gives to, to Nova, which is disturbing again about how mm-hmm. they were all gonna. They're all gonna procreate with that poor woman astronaut. <laughs> it's gonna be a new Eve. Like, she agreed to this. Just, just him like being shirtless for most of the movie, or at least it felt that way. I guess he's wearing rags most of the time. <laughs> well, um, what do you expect? An ape's new suit? <laughs> the, 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 the ending, of course. <laughs> just pounding this. Pounding the surf. He's literally beating the ground. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. pounding the ground. Uh, Nova's standing over his shoulder. Like, yeah, he's like, babe, are you all right? But he just... just Chuck has him dialed up to 11. Just... Yeah. His whole cadence in the movie. He's just always... <laughs> now, chewing, you want me to go Heston chewing out his lines and spit them full like, Heston? Yeah, just spitting out his lines. Uh, it's... Yeah. it's, it's it's the other thing that makes this movie watchable for me. Thank you. Thank you for calling me Taylor. Yeah, no. <laughs> Dr. Zayas. Thank you, Dr. Zayas. I love what you, are you Dr. afraid Zayas. of, Dr. Zayas? He's probably, that's just like default mode is, I'm going to start screaming. <laughs> I'm going to start yelling. Look at you. You're afraid. You're afraid of me still. I'm recreating a past life. He had vision problems and a faulty heart. And Dr. Zayas comes and shit all over it. Well, I can come up with exclamations just as uh, plausible as yours. No, you can't. All right, good one, Scott. Or Alex, what's your number one? Please say it's Dr. Zayas. (laughs) Uh, No, it should have been. He's a good good stupid chief. I'll give him that. But that, yeah, the twist ending that it was Earth the whole time is just too iconic. Uh, I remember uh, as a kid just really getting me because you you see like this rusted metal thing and everything. It's like what the hell is that? And the spikes, you, that shot between the spikes down to Taylor and Nova as he gets off the horse off the shore. Uh, it's incredible. It was well done. It looks like they really made a monkey. <laughs> really made, <laughs> made a monkey. monkey. <laughs> yep. So you think there was like some guy in the crowd who got it before anybody else? It was like, it's the fucking Statue of Liberty! <laughs> it was oh, the whole shit. time! Oh, shit. <laughs> it's the 1960s. I know what that is. <laughs> 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 maybe or maybe just the whole theater it's <gasps> gasping yeah and we can we talk about how short the intro and outro credits are in this movie it's like starring like you know like the first three guys yeah <laughs> produced mm-hmm. by directed by written by that's it yeah it's a small crew it's pretty yeah they didn't Probably didn't they didn't credit any of the uh, a lot of the extras. Yeah, I'm wondering how many of the human extras that were out in the field actually had to double up and go put on gorilla suits for other scenes later. That's Probably true. all of them. Well, they, the one one interesting bit of trivia 
uh, one of the producers let some reporters be extras in the the ape costumes, which is really smart because yeah. then they're going to write about the film and, and probably say something positive about it. You would think. Mm-hmm. And let them let them uh, play with Nova. <laughs> Uh huh. Mm-hmm. All right. I had a couple honorable mentions. Uh, one, the line, Dr. Zara, I'd like to kiss you. Okay, but you're so damned ugly. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, that was great. Um, Dr. Zayas himself, like, he's, he's, a, he's a good protagonist. I think you guys said he is right. Um, antagonist. Love that. Antagonist, you're right. Well, if he's right, he's the protagonist. No, he's still the antagonist. <laughs> I know. Um, and uh, just a lot of that stuff at the end where, like you said, he was holding the guy hostage, or Dr. Zayas hostage with the rifle, and then before that he's shaving. Oh, beards. I don't go in for fads. Like, all of a sudden it became a social commentary. Yeah, of, yeah. I don't know. About beatniks. Yeah. 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 And he said, never trust anyone over 30 and all yeah. that stuff. But I just, no, you're so damned ugly. That's a very Twilight Zone. <laughs> you remember that right. episode of uh, yeah, where she Saturday is, Night Live with Pamela Anderson? And oh, yeah. they're all weird looking and they come out and they're all scared <laughs> of her because she's so hideous compared to them. And then, But the doctor's like, no, she's hot. That was cracking me up. You guys know what I'm talking about or no? I don't think I've seen yes. that skit. I know, it's, I, know I've seen I know the Twilight Zone episode you're talking about, but I don't think I've seen that Pam Anderson skit. Oh, yeah, like she's the one in the operating chair. I think it's Will Ferrell, and I don't know, but no, that was older. It was Chris Kattan and uh, uh, what you call it? Who's Weekend Update? What's his face? There's been a lot of them. Norm, Norm McDonald. Norm McDonald. Thank you. The good one. Okay. Uh, I remember this because Jim Brewer had a great story about that, where uh, Chris Kattan was just riding McDonald. And uh, he was just giving him shit throughout the whole, you know, the shoots and everything. And then Brewer's like, Norm, you're just going to take that? You know, another shit? Why don't you say something? And Norm just, like, quiets him down and everything. And, like, seconds before they're going live on that, I think it was on that sketch particularly because they mentioned Pam Anderson. He mentions Pam Anderson was there and everything. And then Norm MacDonald just turns over to Chris Kattan and is like, Jesus, why don't you just come out and say that you're gay or red instead of just beating around the bush? And right as he finished saying that, the director calls action and they have to start the sketch. So that kind of shut Catan up. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a classic. All right. Um, any honorable mentions for you guys? Uh, just one. Uh, Schlotzky's. <laughs> oh, Bright Eyes? Yeah. Funny name, Sarah Sanders. Forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just it's so stupid. We, 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 we all worked together once upon a time, as we, we've mentioned before. And one of the places we go to lunch was the sandwich place called Schlop, Schlopkies, Schlotskies. Yeah, Schlotskies. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and uh, Which, do they exist anymore or no? That one, not obviously the location we went to, but I have no idea. Probably not. Or gone the way, gone the way of Quiznos. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a pepper bar. <laughs> so we, we yeah, they, they're just a couple, couple of the, the the girls working the counter were, were cute, and I think it was you, Jeff, that started calling one of them bright eyes. <laughs> I think I think so. Like, yeah. completely, I completely, about that. completely forgetting the fact that that was like 
Chuck House and Stan Lee are playing the Apes. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but uh, no, it was just just she had bright eyes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's all I remember. Yeah, uh, her name is Taylor. Uh, and by the way, Schlotsky's dot com still exists, so they're out there somewhere. Probably in an airport somewhere, like in yeah, Hoboken. I don't know. Hoboken. <laughs> Um, all right, uh, then let's get to us uh, rank this thing. Is that how we do it? I forget. Mm-hmm. Yes, on a scale all of right. one to seven. Yeah, we rank this thing on a scale of one to seven. Seven being perfection, one being garbage. I am going to give this a six. I love this movie. It is slow. I don't know why I hate some of the other stuff we watch, uh, but this one very much works for me. Um, it's not perfect, but it's damn near perfect. I'm giving it a six. Scott. If you were, if I were judging this just on like the first forty minutes, it'd probably be like a two. <laughs> but enough stuff happens by the end, and Chuck Essen is just so fucking insane in this. Uh, I, I think I give it a four. I don't know that I'm any rush to to watch it again on my own, but you know, seeing it with a, a group of people again could do that. So. Mm-hmm. All right, fair enough, Alex. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and split the difference on this one. Uh, there's a lot of nostalgia packed into this movie since I, you know, seen it since I was a kid. Uh, <laughs> just Heston chewing up scenery. Uh, it's not intentional, but it makes me laugh. Uh, but everything, you know, comes together in that awesome twist ending. That's just his iconic. That's a five, strong five. All right, very good. And now it's time for a crossover topic, it which is top five crash landings. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming we've done plot twists because that would have been an obvious choice for this movie, and I'm pretty sure we have. So um, if not, well, we suck for not picking it. But we're doing top five crash landings, <laughs> and I actually had a hard time with this, and I don't know what we're classifying as crash landings. Um, I had to get a Star Wars thing in here. And I really couldn't think of any from the original trilogy other than, like, Luke landing in Dagobah. That kind of sucks. And yeah, this one kind of sucks, too. Suck. <laughs> but it's not, it's not that eventful. But, well, unless I stole it from you, I'm sorry. But uh, no. it's Revenge of the Sith when they land at the very beginning of the movie. And I only like it because at the very end, Obi-Wan Kenobi says, another happy landing. <laughs> there it is. There it is. It's not great, but I, I had to put it on my list because I was running out of ideas. And I just love the line by Obi-Wan. We are now landing half a ship. And it's also, as within big action movies, to save themselves, they crash through like 12 buildings, killing millions of people, thousands of people. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. um, but as long as they're okay. So. That's, that's... <laughs> exactly. As long as the heroes are, are okay. And one of the heroes being Emperor Palpatine, which we could have saved a lot more movies if he would have died and that plane would have crashed. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you really did? Yeah, I mean, no, not if Abrams got a hold of it later, but... You know. God damn it. <laughs> All right, that's my number five. Scott, what's your number five? Five is Airplane the sequel. They, uh, <laughs> Stryker crash lands on the moon, and uh, Shatner uh, gives a really funny performance where he's guiding him in, and he won't shut up uh, even after he's landed. But uh, uh so, so they, they they recycled some of the jokes from the first movie for that sequence, but uh, it's it's still pretty funny. All right, Alex, number five. My number five is 
everything that Launchpad McQuack landed. <laughs> so it's at the bottom of my list, but I could not, <laughs> I could not, not put Launchpad on this list if we're talking about crash landings. I can't remember a specific one, but I know he he crashed everything he flew. So everything he flew. Well, actually, the the Darkwing Duck plane he kind of landed correctly every once in a while. He just crashed a lot. <laughs> All right. Well, my number four is airplane exclamation point. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. They land. They talk him through it. The lights go positions. off. The lights go off. Oops! And he plugs it back in, <laughs> and then, and then they all get off the slide at the end. Mm-hmm. So, airplane exclamation point. And this and his one. Right, Alex. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Scott, number four. Number four is from the first Star Trek: The Next Generation motion picture, uh, which was Generations. Um, I think that was the name of it, right? <laughs> I'm not going. To think so, that. yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, that 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 ends with a, with a giant crash that that destroys the the Enterprise, um, which is a, again. Yeah, it's a pretty common occurrence. <laughs> <laughs> I think at some point, like somebody, I, I realize they don't have currency in the future, but at some point, somebody at Starfleet's going to be like, you know, maybe we should do something about loss prevention here. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, there's, there's a really cool, uh, a lot of practical effects for it, too, uh, for for this crash. Um, and they're, after it's all over, they're sorting through the wreckage. Um, and there's a really cool scene with, with Picard and Riker. Um, it's a little overwrought, uh, where Picard talks about how time isn't an enemy, but like a companion with, with you for the, for the journey. And then Riker gives this, like, wry smile and, like, basically says... I don't know what you're talking about. I plan to live forever. Like it was just a yeah, cool yeah. little, it was a really cool little scene, and you know everybody survived. And of course they were going to get another Enterprise. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. it was at least at least there was like the now question don't of you that. Do this again? Yeah, at least in the 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 original crew, like it seemed like they weren't going to get it back. I mean, I don't know. They did. They did. At least they questioned, like the characters questioned they were giving it back. <laughs> like, we had another captain that used to do the Enterprise, and he, he crashed his thing a lot, like, too. All the goddamn time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, no problem. You're, you're good. All they did to him was bump him down from Admiral to Captain. <laughs> yeah. They gave him the ship back. That's <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. my number four. All right. Alex, number four. My number four is <laughs> Air Force One. Oh my gosh, that fucking CG plane at the end is awful. <laughs> Pretty bad. I mean, uh, I mean, it was a spectacular crash, choreographed and everything, but why? Just watching it, it's like I don't think they consulted like anybody, like an engineer or somebody in physics, to actually do this because it didn't look right. <laughs> if they did, and the scientists signed off on it, and I'm completely wrong. I mean, that's. Then maybe I'll take a second look, but yeah, that crash is awful, and I love it. They did have the right; they have the right lines for the writers, though. Get off my plane! <laughs> That's right. Give me back my plane! <laughs> Give me back! My plane. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, my number three is from 1989's Batman, 
when oh, Batman is flying the Batwing right at the Joker, and he nice. pulls out his his gun and shoots him down. There it is. It, it has to do with the cool Batwing. Has to do with the fact that uh, it's obviously it's a Batman movie, and then the Joker pulls out that long gag gun and <laughs> come and get me, a gruesome son of a bitch. So there it is. 1989's Batman. Scott, number three. Number three, uh, airplane. <laughs> so, uh, Jeff already mentioned it that uh, you know Leslie Nielsen checking in every five minutes. <laughs> Just want to let you know we're all counting on you. Like the plane's yeah. already been landed for like forty-five minutes, and he's still going in there. Like, just to tell the autopilot. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yep. Auto. All right, Alex, number three. My number three is from a video game, from Mass Effect, the very first one, and it's not a ship. You're actually <laughs> you actually it's have to drive your <laughs> you have to dri- actually drive your tank, which is the Mako, to one of the what they call the Mass Effect gate, a jump gate, and it shoots you <laughs> pretty much faster than light speed all the way back down to the to the big hub city, the Citadel, and you crash right onto. And thankfully, everybody's safe, and you get out of it to kick some ass. That was pretty fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a badass sequence. You driving all the way down so you can get to the jump gate. Awesome. Nice. I was thinking video games, but I was thinking all the games just me just crashing because I couldn't finish the game correctly. <laughs> yeah, top, <laughs> top, top Gun. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get <laughs> land the guy or land on the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> top Gun, Sky Shark. Yeah. I'm getting careless. All right, uh, my number two, actually there's two crash landings, um, and that's from Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. First of all, they literally say, holy smoke, crash landing, Mm -hmm. is one of them, and then the other (laughs) is when, nice try, Lao Shea, and they crash (laughs) and they jump out just in time before the plane hits the mountains. Then they survive floating down on a raft. And then they go another adventure as they go down in the... I don't know where they are. India, are they going down the backside of the Himalayas? Wherever the hell they are. Yeah, not quite sure. Yeah. yeah. But there it is. There's two crash landings in Temple of Two. Mm-hmm. That's it. Scott, number two. Uh, number two is Serenity. The Firefly movie. Uh, without getting too much into spoilers... Um, a there's a crash landing, uh, in which the the line is is said, um, by by the pilot Washburn Wash for short, uh, as as they start to crash, as he's the only one that can potentially you know land their their ship without killing everybody, and after he lands, the I'm watch me soar, I'm a leaf on the wind. That's my number two. I love because yeah, he says that to get ready to like get into his Zen state. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, Mal comes up and he's like, "Are you sure?" He says something. He's like, "Oh my gosh, sure you could do." He's like, "Don't worry, I'm a leap on the wind." He's like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> yeah, do I forgot about that? That's a good one, Scott. Mm-hmm. All right, Alex, number two. My number two, <laughs> uh, Rambo three. That's <laughs> so fucking awesome. <laughs> Where they're in the hell Rambo's got the the um, the POWs and everybody in the chopper. Was this Rambo two or three? Two. I thought two was when he has the chopper. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my mistake. Was it was two. 
That is correct. And uh, <laughs> he gets shot up a little bit, and there's smoke coming out of the engine. So he, quote-unquote, crashes, crash lands his uh, helicopter, <laughs> and he plays possum until, <laughs> for whatever reason, that Russian gumboat just gets really into his space. <laughs> he says, ah, surprise, with a rocket launcher, and he takes him out. I mean, what they didn't show was him incinerating, like, the couple of POWs that were behind him. <laughs> That's right. It's like, oh, <laughs> I we lost a couple that. of them. <laughs> Sorry, Troutman, we couldn't save all of them. That was great. Yeah. Then he punches Well, see, we blame villains for not checking in to see if the, the hero is dead. Now he does check in, and then we make fun of him. He dies for it, see? It's better just to assume that he fell off the pit into the crocodile lair. <laughs> That's right. Leave it to the sneaky Americans to to trick the, the noble Russians. This <laughs> is a violation of the Queensberry rules. <laughs> All right, my number one is the most emotional one, and uh, this is Top Gun, scene where Goose dies. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. <gasps> Maverick flies through through this uh, through a uh, what's his name. Iceman's Chet Wash and puts him in a spin that he can't get out of and Goose breaks his neck or breaks his head hitting the canopy yeah. as they go through the ejector handle. He goes through the ejection. I'll take the shot when I'm goddamn good and ready. We could have yeah. had a man. I remember as a kid that was one of my first adult besides like Disney movies my first like adult death in a movie. I was like, oh. Even Commander? Like I cared about not like Stormtroopers or, <laughs> or anything dying. Or, or whoever... All those la- la- Latino people were in Valverde. Yeah. <laughs> I think I saw Top Gun before I saw Commando, actually. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Because my parents were pretty... Like I said, it took a while for them. Once they released the Hounds, I could watch anything. But it took a little while. Um, so anyway, yeah. Goose died in Top Gun is my number one. Scott. My number one is Gravity. Um, oh damn that's a good one too so a lot of crashing going on in this technically uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, just the, that whole final sequence um, you know again I, I, I've yet to watch this like at home on just like a you know, quote unquote normal TV uh, I, I did see this in like a 3D IMAX it's really the only time I've really enjoyed um, doing that like 3D or IMAX <laughs> let, let alone both of them combined. Um, but it, you never saw Avatar in the theaters, huh? I did not see or Avatar. In, I did not. I've never seen yeah, it. In that period. Was, yeah, um, that was a good one in three D. Uh, but at least the effects. It was just I, I was caught up in in kind of what they were peddling. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel the same way at home, but just just like Sandra Bullock is great in, in that uh, that movie, and just you know, kind of riding along with her. Uh, just it felt um, very uh, triumphant, I guess, in, in a way that 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 I've rarely felt in, in a movie theater. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's a good one. I I love that movie. I remember the ending, but I don't remember much else about it other than the initial, you know, disaster that happens up there. Pretty crazy. All right, Alex, number one. My number one is Airplane. <laughs> that crash landing is just fucking ridiculous. Uh, yeah, we already talked about it. And we did an episode on the airplane, so go listen to it. All right. 
I had one honorable mention, but since I didn't really like the series, it might be Lost. I don't even know if you see the crash. I just know because I only saw first episode, first season, and so I you see the plane parts everywhere. And I think there's like a couple flashbacks, but I don't know if you ever saw the crash. But mm-hmm. that's it. Special shout outs to OG Star Tours. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, that's it. Okay. Breaks. Breaks. All right, it's time for Alex knows sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? Yeah, it's, a, it's um, actually uh, alarming, a, bit, a little bit sad. Breaking news today, Tiger Woods, El Tigre, got into a, a really bad car accident. I, I I was picking up my lunch, and it was on the TV in the, the place I was getting it from. So what what's what are the details? I saw the car, like the, they had a helicopter with the car, and it looked really bad. Because mm-hmm. yeah, the somehow lost control or hit something. I, I didn't read that much. I don't know if they've released those details yet. But yeah, went down a very big hill or down a mountain or something. Uh, he's alive. I think he only sustained like leg injuries that were major, but still, like, barely escaped with his life. Yeah, it, it was like if you looked at the car and someone said, "Yeah, the person died in there," you'd be like. Yep, that makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like the car was was wrecked. Yeah, car did its job, and that's what it's supposed to do, yeah, right? Crumpled. Yeah, the whole front mm-hmm. part is crumpled, but you could still see like the passenger side, at least like where his upper part would have been, anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at the hospital. Uh, I don't know if he's in critical condition or stable or anything like that, but he's alive. Thankfully, hopefully, he'll, he'll bounce back from this. Win that uh, green jacket, gold jacket, who gives a shit? Was his wife chasing after him again? <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker. I hate your fucking kids. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm glad you survived. <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Tiger. Are we like almost a year away, exactly away from when Kobe died? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know the exact yeah. date. Yeah. It's. Oh, it's, I think anniversary passed a few weeks ago. We're not too far away. I want to say yeah. it was in February, mm-hmm. so... Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, it's time for Neom News. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah. So, uh, continue the format that we've been doing the last several weeks mm-hmm. uh, with WandaVision. We'll, we'll, we'll finish off this, this section with that. Uh, just one brief thing I want to talk about outside of that is... I, I think I brought this up uh, maybe a few episodes back, but I've been playing Civilization VI. Um, this game came out like two years ago. I, I got it right when it came out, and it just never clicked for me. Um, I, I put in a lot of time in Civilization V. And I, so I would go back every once in a while just to pick it up again to, to give it another shot. And then eventually play it for like an hour and be like, okay, I'm good for now. But something happened like a few weeks ago where it finally clicked. I'm like okay, I I see how like this is supposed to work, and so I kind of been sucked in the rabbit hole like playing this game. Uh, you know, Jeff, you mentioned the the dreams. Like, I I've, I've been having weird dreams lately where, like, it's like Civ where everything and whatever's going on in my life, like there's all these weird prerequisites I have to do, and it's all like somehow it's all tile based. Like I, I can't really, I I can't, I can't really explain like what's going on in the dream. I just know that I wake up and go like, fuck, that was exactly like Civ. Uh, 
and it's all weird. <laughs> it's not necessarily like, like nightmarish, but it's all weird. Uh, so I need to, to to play less of that at least before I go to bed. Um, but anyways, mm-hmm. that, that's all I want to talk about. It's Sim Six is good. Uh, I, I I'm curious to see what happens with Seven whenever that comes out because uh, they're still releasing content for this one. But uh, I will continue on with it. Uh, Alex, anything you wanted to go over? Uh, yeah, just real quick. I saw a trailer for a new Nick Cage movie. Have you guys seen, heard of this one? Five Nights at Freddy's? N- no, that's not the title of the movie. They beat Five Nights at Freddy's for this. <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, I, I forget, like, A Night at Willie's or something like that. Yeah. It has some name, but yeah, basically Nick Cage, uh, goes in to, to take care of, uh, uh, a Chuck E. Cheese type of place overnight, and there's <laughs> these stupid kids that go, "Hey, Mister, don't you know what this is?" Blah blah this and that. But he ignores them, and then later on, all the animatronics come to life, and they start killing people. But then Nick Cage, you find out, well, it's in the trailer, so it's not really a spoiler. But it's like that's exactly what he wanted to happen. So this is the it role, looks like a lot of fun. The role he was born to play. Yeah, you're all trapped in here with me. I'm more of a Chuck E. Cheese protector. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. More. But yeah, that looks like a lot of fun. Can't wait to see it. More of a retainer protector. <laughs> hey. Uh, anything else? <laughs> nope. One division. Go. All right. Jeff, anything you want to Wait, go? I have a couple things. Yeah. Uh, we watched Soul on Disney+. Plus. Soul. Have you guys seen this yet? Yeah. Great movie. What? No, I haven't seen it. Uh, so Alex, I had a question. Did you? I'm sure you watched it with your boys. How did they like it? Uh, they loved it. Yeah, they liked it a lot. Really? Mm-hmm. It seemed very like adult. Like it wasn't very. Oh yeah, but you know Pixar. They they the the funny line guy <laughs> Jerry going through trying to find him and everything. Him as a cat and all the you know all the funny like slapstick stuff. They really like. I'm sure they didn't get all the existential, like, where do we all come from? Where do we go? Where do we die? Type of stuff. But. Yeah, I, I just felt like there was so little of that. Those little laughs that it was like, yeesh. I mean, I haven't seen many Pixar movies, but all the ones I see, like, felt like they were more made for kids with adult jokes. This felt like it was an adult movie with some kid jokes. Yeah, I, I have heard. Uh, that, I could Jeff, see that. Yeah. Where people have been saying that that this does seem more geared toward adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it was good. We enjoyed it. And then the other thing we saw was uh, the net the Netflix documentary on the Cecil Hotel. You guys, no, see that one? <laughs> Leah, uh, my wife <laughs> hovered over it, read the description, and said, "Nope." So what? It's, what is it? It's about the it's a hotel in uh, like basically Skid Row of L.A. or right on the border. And remember, there was a YouTube video going. Uh, viral a few years ago about this girl like she'd get in the elevator and she's acting all weird and she looked out and she went back in and she looked out again and then she disappears and then you never saw her again nope I don't know if you, that was a video that was going on YouTube a long time ago and there's a whole story about what's going on there and then the whole crime it's a crime scene crime investigation documentary and the hotel has a past and then how the investigation went on and um so without saying stuff, if you don't know the whole story about what's going on, I don't want to spoil anything, so I won't say much more than that. Watch it. 
I do not I believe think it's that four episodes a, long. I don't believe it probably a, could be two episodes long. I feel like they stretch it out a little too much. Mm. Um, so I don't know. It, I will say the one thing, it just frustrates you how I was so mad the whole time. First of all, there's, oh, what would they call them? They are, no one had real jobs, you know, like YouTuber, uh, digital <laughs> influencer, uh, sleuth. Or whatever they call it, like internet sleuths and stuff. <laughs> like these people they're interviewing. I'm like, get fucking life and get a real job. And yeah. Get off my life. And, they're, they're, and they're, like, they're like ruining people's lives because somebody finds this one fact about somebody and they're claiming this person is the killer and they're ruining this person's life. And then, oh, yeah, well, no, the cops don't release all the information because they're an investigation. So it actually made me mad more than anything. But have, have, have you ever watched. Um... Was it American, not American Graffiti, uh, shit. American Pie. No, 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 no. Wet Hot American Summer. American History X. I'll, I'll look at the, the name, but it's, 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 it's America uh, World Police. it's, I think it came out on Netflix. It, it was, uh, one of those, um, like internet sleuth things. Mm-hmm. Oh, American Vandal. That's what it was called. I haven't that seen familiar. it. Sounds familiar. I haven't seen it. <laughs> you should give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty fucking great. <laughs> I don't know. It's just the same thing that's ruining everything right now. Is just these people just sit on the, behind their computers and just follow the conspiracies and they get the confirmation bias. And then... Anyway. But it's cool. I mean, the way they present it, it's pretty cool. I, used to, I think it was a little bit too long. I was getting frustrated by the end. I like, oh, in this thing because I kind of see where this is going and it's dumb. And then don't tell somebody you're watching it because what happened to Laura, she told her friend and then she goes, oh, is this the thing where this happens? She's like, shit, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Oh, is that the one where Luke's father starts later? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Also, plug, seriously, watch American Mandel. <laughs> All right. Okay. Not, not when the kids are around. All right. Uh, well, I'm done. Okay. Um, let's get the, the spoiler alert out of the way. Uh, for WandaVision, this is episode seven that we just watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, we, we get a little more explained. Uh, the Everything starts off, and I, I had guessed correctly, but I don't, I'm not going to take too much credit for it because it was the only thing I could come up with was the, the whole modern family shtick that they were they were going for uh, yeah and uh i thought elizabeth olsen was, was pretty funny here doing her best um what tyberell yeah tyberell <laughs> uh <laughs> Al Bundy. julie bowen uh yeah impression here uh, well not impression but a take on that character um and uh just the whole interview style that they go through uh, at one point Vision's doing the, the interview thing, and he's like, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah. like they never explained like, how they actually stopped him to start interviewing him. Um, but uh, I will say the intro was almost office-like as well. So, so the, yeah. intro, the intro yeah. reminded me of uh, How yeah, I Met Your Mother. Said that. Oh. oh, it was The Office. I've never seen How I Met Your Mother, but it yeah, felt more think, like The Office to me. I think the way they yeah, were doing I, like the different slides, that, that felt like How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, it's a mixture of all those, all three of the shows. 
really. In the offices, they do talk to the camera like they do in Modern Family, which I don't know if they do that in How I Met Your right, Mother. Right. Well, I think I think they the do, office is but... the only one where they explicitly say that they're like, or, or they make reference to actually there being a documentary crew. I think yeah, for, at the very end. Yeah, yeah I think if for like yeah. Parks and Rec and Modern Family, it's just a thing that they do. Like I don't think it ever gets addressed. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's just like, like know, looking just at the camera. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Just occasionally talk, look at the camera, or speak directly to the camera. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so it starts with that. Um, Excuse me. They have the flashback thing again, which is like a hallmark of these, uh, at least for Modern Family. And I don't, do they do that in Parks and Rec? Jeff. No. Um, flashbacks. I don't remember. Yeah, at any rate, they do they do a couple flashbacks, um, and you get to see that she's getting more and more unhinged. Uh, she can't to the point where she can't even really deal with her kids. Um, Agnes saves the day and comes over and, and uh, offers to watch the kids for her. She kind of eats cereal and everything around her like keeps changing because she can't keep control of it. Um, so, you know, we're not really learning much other than at that point. And yeah, again, she's 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 kind of losing it. Um, then then you get to what's going on, on the outside, and we don't see. I was disappointed. We don't see Darcy's friend here, unless that whoever that lady was that was she supposed to be anybody? Uh, I don't think so. But I I was guessing that that was her friend because she, she brought her the truck, like the captain or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, they were setting that up and then just turned out to be just a person. Like, <laughs> I was kind of disappointed. <laughs> not a soup. Yeah, or not, it doesn't have to be a superhero, but somebody. Um, Hi, Thor. Sorry to call you in such short <laughs> notice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Natalie Portman. Yeah. Uh, by the way, did you guys know there's a second Natalie Portman rap? <laughs> no. Yeah. It just I, yeah, I saw it a couple years ago when it came out. Yeah. Being a mom now and stuff. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that. That's, uh... Anyway, uh, so Rambo uh, gets in this like super rover, like Mars rover thing, and eventually stops working. I'm like, okay, I can see where this is going. Uh, so it gets wrecked. She decides that she has to go inside, despite all the evidence saying that she really shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um and here's here's a big uh, kind of knock on effect from this series uh, that, that we'll see again, I'm sure, is that she gained some kind of superpowers going through, at least within the mm-hmm. hex. Yeah, um, at least within the hex, uh, she can like see magic or whatever. I guess I don't know what to call it. How to really describe it? Yeah. Um, and she does seem resistant. If not to damage, at least to Wanda's being able to like toss it around. Uh, her eyes have that cool blue glow to it. The... Mm-hmm. So we have another a new enhanced person on the board. At least again within the hex. Um, for all we know, she could be stuck in there just like Vision is now. Yeah, maybe because trying to leave will literally pull her apart. Mm. Um, but yeah, she goes into. She's still insistent on helping Wanda. Um, we do learn that um, S- Sword was trying to activate uh, Vision again. Um, and Wanda found out about it somehow. They don't explain how. And took the body away. Um, which explains a lot of their interest in what's going on. Again, we don't know that was necessarily anything nefarious. 
but it does seem like they were they're trying to keep it secret anyway. Uh, but it kind of implied that um, none that they were doing it for not necessarily altruistic reasons. I guess uh, I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I just thought they just wanted to activate him to use as a weapon. Yep, big bad sense. military assholes always want to weaponize stuff in yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah, I'll buy that for a dollar. Well, it's kind of his original purpose, no? True. Mm, yeah, for Ultron, yeah. Um, I, th- I think the the big thing that we learned in this. Well, sorry, the second biggest thing <laughs> that we learned from this. Uh, so moving on. The whole modern family thing uh, takes place uh, for Vision with a circus on the edge of town, which is basically all the converted uh, sword people now that they're inside the hex. And it was it was kind of funny seeing the the second in command like in the the strongman outfit like ordering people around. <laughs> uh, but you see, Darcy is the the escape artist, um, and Vision has to like unlock her brain basically, uh, and they they escape from the circus. Um, but this is the first time we learned that he really, like, we, so we knew before that he didn't know what was going on inside, but, like, he, we learned that he actually has no memory of, of, like, anything, really. Yeah. Um, he doesn't remember, uh, being born, he doesn't remember Ultron, um, he certainly doesn't remember, um, what happened in Wakanda, and, and dying once or twice. You just don't remember dying <laughs> twice i guess but uh mm. even in the best case scenario uh but it turns out he doesn't remember like any of that um he does still, still don't know how darcy knows all this information yeah again it's just weird common knowledge i guess <laughs> um, i think maybe she was she's a super scientist now maybe she got ready yeah in stuff, said, I, I was a little eye rolling when she was like oh i just i'm gonna hack the mainframe or whatever in like the episode before last <laughs> uh, yeah it's like Really, I get it, you're super smart. That doesn't mean that you're anyway. Um, Anyways, they're, they're driving along, and there's there's. I, I enjoyed the gag about how they couldn't get the car where they wanted it to be because uh, Wanda kept blocking them. Um, eventually, like this, like endless parade of kids starts crossing the road. Uh, but yeah, it was. I thought it, I thought it was interesting that Vision really doesn't remember anything, but he but he still, um, as per basically Darcy telling him uh, that he still has that connection uh, with her um, with with Wanda mm-hmm. so um, get to the big reveal in a second my microphone is going to shit stop uh, playing with yourself sorry <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I didn't know I couldn't do that so uh, they finally get to the big reveal, which I I don't. There was definitely something off about uh, Catherine Hahn's character before that didn't add up. Mm-hmm. But I, I I'm not going to sit here and claim like oh I knew it all along. Like and, <laughs> yeah, and this no in this episode though I think it's pretty clear early on that she's up to something. Um, like as as late as. When the 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 other kid, the the psychic kid, says, "I like it here. It's quiet. Like you're quiet. It's like oh, like she's different from everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's been there the whole time. 
and she's she's always yeah she's always just kind of there um and then we get the what i thought was was pretty good uh borderline great uh was the whole remind me of the monsters uh thing which was that it was uh agnes all along <laughs> and they go through um uh, basically the the entire season of her popping up and basically just fucking with with Wanda and, and Vision using magic. So she says, "Yes, you're not the only magic girl in town. Um, yes. I don't know whether she actually has powers or, the, again, this is some side effect of what Wanda's doing. Like, um, did she happen to, like, pick this town and then Agnes happened to be there and is like a real witch or something? Because that, the, the basement that they go into, like, definitely smacks of you know, stereotypical, oh, this is what Evil Witches, like, later would look like, I guess. Mm-hmm. At least on a Disney show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it was fun. It was a little surprising. Um, she does seem to have one up on, uh, at least in her abilities, over uh, Wanda, at least as far as the mind control goes. At least in a one-on-one thing. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see how it plays out in subsequent episodes, obviously. Uh, but it... But we finally have our answer, though, as to uh, like why Wanda doesn't know what she's doing. Like Wanda isn't like clear why she's doing what she's doing. She just knows she's desperate to to keep it going. Um, and yeah. then that kind of explains away like why she's willing to suck all these other innocent people into what's going on. So yeah, I don't know what what you guys think of the whole Agnes reveal. Uh, well, for me, I, I kind of suspected her early on, just because, yeah, of the stuff she was saying and doing. But if it was last week or two weeks ago when she was kind of like on the edge of town and she was freaking out, like that's when I was like, okay, no, I don't yeah, think red herring, yeah, yeah. Up, yeah, yeah, up with her. And then when this happened, I was like, oh, okay. I thought it was good. I mean, um, didn't see it coming. Did I, I don't know anything about this character, so. Good to see. I, I looked up a little, then I stopped because, like, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. I really wish to see if she was a real character or not, and sure enough, she is. Agnes mm-hmm. Harkness. Right. Is it Agatha, Agnes Agatha Harkness. Agatha, 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 Agatha. Sorry, you said Agnes. Agatha, sorry, it was Agatha all along. Harkness. Yes. I did. I did think it was funny in the credits. They had the song that they they sing in the credits, but it, they put a like a blank spot, <laughs> so instead it was blank all along. <laughs> Just to avoid spoilers, uh, I guess. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I thought it was cool. And I'm anxious to see what, like, uh, Monica was going down into the basement. So she saw all the purple or whatever it was going on down there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First first time we've gotten a stinger. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I thought that was interesting. I think, I think it's, like, people started to, to complain, I think. <laughs> that hey, this is Marvel. Like, where's the fucking after credit stuff? Like, they must have been planning this for a while. Yeah, like, yeah we, I mean, we, they had to plan it. Like, we bet, we bet. I, I know. I, I'm not saying they just threw this in just now because people are complaining. But I'm saying like they're planning on people waiting for a stinger, at least to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um. So let, let's talk a little bit about the stinger. Um. So yeah, we we see Monica go to the basement. She can see the magical stuff. Um, and then it, all of a sudden, there is the the other Quicksilver again. 
um, saying uh, Snooper's gonna snoop, and then it just ends. So the question is, like, how real is that guy? Because <laughs> they show yeah. they show they show uh, Agatha messing with something when he shows up. Did he mm-hmm. create her out of? Or did she create him out of whole cloth, or did she change him because she was calling him subconsciously? Like, is he actually there to help or to make things worse? Well, from the last episode where he was egging Wanda on and asking like these really like kind of fucked up questions, he was making her question herself. Right, but he was. But what if what if he was just like a defense mechanism that she created? Yeah, that yeah, that's also that could be. And then, uh, and then she made him like act and look like this other guy. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It it's it did seem like Agatha just magicked them up out of nothing. So it's like boop. We're, there, we're, here's we're, the, here's another guy to fuck with. Yeah, we're, and we're, the kids also the kids are gone. Were, were they another apparition of like Agatha? Was that her whole doing all the the whole kid thing? And now like she doesn't need him anymore, so I she magicked them away. I don't think so. I think like they're gonna be the part. Uh, they're gonna be like the not the MacGuffin, but the whatever plot point that that Vision and, and Wanda have to work together to mm. to stop her. And Monica, I guess. I just know we're overdue for a big CGI fighting, so <laughs> Yeah, maybe you're gonna get one of those. You're gonna mm-hmm. get a, a witch fight or something. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed because I thought the one hour episode started on that one. I was like, What? Yeah, I'm wondering if any I don't know if any of those rumors are true. It might not be. Yeah. yeah. I feel like they don't have a whole lot they need to cover now. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, my my big question for um, next week, besides, is Quicksilver there to help or not? Um, and you know, obviously, what happens next? Uh, are, are we done with the the sitcom openings? Oh like, yeah. Like, do we just jump straight in? Because they say specifically in this episode that they're not getting the feed anymore. Right. Yeah. So the sitcom stuff is still going on inside the hex, but it's no longer like for consumption, I guess. Yeah. yeah maybe uh, maybe uh, the broadcasts were not in Agatha. Agatha didn't uh, want the broadcasts to like at least go out of the hex, but maybe that was Wanda subconsciously again asking for help, like trying to reach out. Or remember when the stuff right before the big reveal, stuff was deteriorating back, back in time. So maybe they'll just be in and out of TV show, like different oh, genres throughout yeah. the episodes. Yeah. That'd be so, cool. so I think something something I'm kind of looking forward to, something I think they're going to do, is that we're going to see that as as everything comes to a climax, uh, that they're going through the neighborhood, like maybe for this big CGI fight, like part of it's in black and white, part of it's in color, like. Right. Like, some people are, are, like, dressed like it's still the 60s. Some people are dressed like it's, you know, the modern family era. Uh, we're going to see this, like, hodgepodge of everything that's come to this point. Uh, exactly. And I think that'll be a really cool visual. Right. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, uh, they're going to open the shower and, and Bobby's going to be in there. And it was a dream the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> with, you mean with TV's Patrick Duffy? We can only hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I wouldn't be surprised. It was, it was all, all a dream, dream. Wanda. Who shot Scarlet Witch? Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a dream. <laughs> right, did you guys uh, have anything else you wanted to go over about this episode? Not me, except for the reveal. I thought it was a kind of a meh episode. Um, but the reveal was good, and I think it sets up the next two episodes. So look, can't wait for it. I thought it was cool uh, Vision finally getting answers from Darcy. Him learning more about himself, which has to be surreal. Right, right. So I guess, yeah, the, is he getting his memories back? Or is it just going to be enough yeah. for him to be with her? Mm-hmm. Is it, Can he even exist outside of the hex? Like, lots of questions. Yeah. I don't is think he... so. Without the stone, I don't think he can. Yeah. Here, here's a question for you. The... Why is it a hex? I know, I know. Obviously, it's a reference to the comics, but is the mind stone? What's another name for a spell, Scott? Is a hex? Is the mind stone <laughs> hexagonal? Uh, not really. It just looked like a stone. No, it's a hex. I put a spell on you. I put a hex on you. There you go. Mind Science. stone MCU. Mm-hmm. I don't think it goes beyond what Jeff is saying, Scott. If that's it. <laughs> if that hopefully answers your question. Okay. It is not hexagonal. Yeah, it just looks like... I told you that. <laughs> well, you've never been wrong before. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, yeah that's true. Yeah, I've never been wrong. He's been ahead of his time. He predicted the Fox merger a long time ago. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Accidentally. That's right. Um, you guys mentioned Darcy. The one thing... I always found her character a little annoying, which I mean, that's kind of the character she's playing. But Thor 2, which is, I think, kind of considered the worst of the MCU movies, there's one scene where Mjolnir is like flying through the air and she just, she sees it and points at it and goes, Mjolnir! <laughs> I don't know, it always cracked me up. <laughs> and so every time I see her in these, that's all I can think of. Her just the one line I thought she was funny in. And one of the few lines of that entire movie that's decent. Mueller. And I'm sure I'm saying it wrong too, but whatever. I don't speak Elvish. <laughs> All right. Good so stuff. I, got I can't wait. I can't wait to see what they got planned next Co- next episode. Next week. A couple more left, and then a making of, and then on to the next thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Looking oh, forward to if, it. Yeah. What if it's going to be? Hopefully, it looks great. Baby Boba Fett? <laughs> Grogu? Goo goo gaga Grogu? Fire! Duh! Alright, uh, anything else? Not related to the WandaVision, but I also forgot. The other day I was flipping through YouTube, and this may be old, but you guys know Stephen Colbert is a huge uh, Lord of the Rings fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some uh, video of him like going to New Zealand and making a he wants to make a movie based on his character that shows up in the hobbit <laughs> have you seen this and like no. he, has, he has like one line in the hobbit yeah yeah, he's, yeah. He's like, yeah he just like shows nuts. up as like an eye patch right yeah, yeah. so he wants to make a movie on it about it and they literally like take him to some of like you know the scene when they're on the the mount the mountains which which i forgot the name now and where frodo drops the ring and boromir picks it up like they take him to that scene, drop him off for like two seconds, and and he has a sidekick, um, 
his name is gratuitous cameo and it's peter jackson and he's the whole time he's like eating carrots and stuff ah oh, it's gold and then peter jackson his character keeps going up oh are we gonna go to the place where they could put the sorting hat on us and we find out if we're in gryffindor he's like no this is lord of the rings not harry potter oh and then later on he says something he's like, may the force be with you and he's like god damn it gratuitous cameo how do you not know this it's that, pretty funny that whole that whole like trippy head to uh, museum was pretty funny. Like, yeah. at one point he's like riding around with one of the guys from Fly of the Concords. I think it was Jim Brett. Brit? It was Brit because and, and he was in the movie too. Yes, Brett, Lucy Lawless, and and him are like in this like four seater golf cart, and they're just tooling around like by the marina or whatever they are, and they just they stop by this woman who's just kind of slowly walking, and she's like carrying groceries or something, and and Colbert's like, and did. Would you like a ride? And she's like, eh. He's like, you know who you're, who's in this cart, right? She's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, just, people in New Zealand just don't give a shit. Like that, Lucy Lawless is Lucy Lawless. Like, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty good. The one, I think the one was a saw an interview with uh, Peter Jackson and um, Taika Waititi and. And he's like telling Peter Jackson, like, oh, you know, this wouldn't be possible without you or whatever. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, mate. What do you like? You do like think you're big enough that you can direct an MCU movie or a Star Wars movie? And he's like, oh, both, mate. <laughs> Peter Jackson like shakes his head and walks away. It's pretty good. Um, all right, uh, is that it? That's it. Yeah. All right, you blow uh, it up, was... Jeff. <laughs> Damn. Maniacs. Oh, well, by by the way, this is rated Planet of the Apes is rated G. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yes. Wow. Just, one, just I forgot to bring that up. It's rated G. Yeah, but like it was like it said contains nudity and stuff too. It even said that, as in, which I guess was just dude butt. But if that was the only thing, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's on that bombshell. Shooting people in the throats and. Just being scary monkeys. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Go to our Patreon. Han shot first. The excellent subscribe. One dollar, people. One lousy dollar. Yeah, you could buy that Let for us a have dollar. It. Yeah, you get all sorts of content like quotes from Springfield and old Star Wars stuff that I used to talk about. <laughs> Jeff talks Star Wars. Yes, <laughs> haven't done that since the, the canon f- name of your show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I haven't talked about Star Wars since into season two of Mandalorian, but maybe. I'll talk about new stuff. I think the yeah. Bad Batch is coming out sometime soon. I'll be able to talk about that. Oh, yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you. So feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.